Welcome to Woke and Wired, a new conversation about expanded consciousness and entrepreneurship. We are here to shift the paradigm of business and marketing and social media in this digital age of infinite possibility and bridge our inner technology, our intuition with outer technology through rituals, personal development tools, conscious business practices, spiritual tools, and the magical tool of social media. I am your host, Xenia, storyteller, conscious social media teacher, speaker, and a multidimensional traveler. Welcome to the new paradigm. Welcome to Woke and Wired. I'm so excited about today's episode. In it, Ruby Warrington of The Numinous interviews me about all things conscious social media. It originally aired on the Now Age podcast in April 2019, and now is the perfect time to reshare this powerful conversation as I just opened up enrollment for the eight-week conscious social media program where you merge your inner tech, your intuition, with outer tech, social media, and use social media as a tool for energetic mastery, self-awareness, and business expansion beyond your wildest dreams. I was not planning to arrive the program live again, but I was guided to do so in an Akashic Records reading, and so I'm creating this container where we'll be starting on October 12th, going through December 7th of 2020. There's already such an incredible group of people coming together for this run so that you can finish off the year clear on your goals and unstoppable and sharing your medicine with the world, whether you join me or not. And if you've been listening to the podcast for a while and this message resonates, perhaps this is your little gentle thing to take the leap and join me. I invite you to just listen to this episode with an open heart and be ready to transform what you know social media as and release all the old ways of being and limiting beliefs around what social media is, who you are, what you're capable of, how successful you can be, what impact you can make, and surrender to the flow of your heart, which brought you here right now, which means that you're ready to be seen in a bigger way. You can join the program on ConsciousSocialMediaMethod.com, and there is also a mastermind offering coming up. So if you're looking for more intensive one-on-one support with an in-person element for just a massive cellular upgrade and access to all the people that I see as my own teachers and mentors, go ahead on ConsciousSocialMediaProgram.com and all the links and applications are there. Welcome to the new paradigm. I can't wait to hear what you take away from this conversation with Ruby Warrington. And if you want to learn more about Ruby and her awesome work, you can listen to Woken Wired episode three. Yeah, Ruby was one of my very first guests. And it's an awesome conversation about Instagram, being sober, curious, and running business the mystical way. That's Woken Wired episode three. I can't wait to meet my conscious social media tribe and share space with you. 
My guest is Ksenia Abdulova, who I've known since the very beginning of numinous days. In fact, Ksenia, in her role as the founder and creator of the account you may be familiar with, Breakfast Criminals, was one of the first people to ever feature me as a voice or a person worth talking about in the wellness space when she featured my morning smoothie recipe probably about five, six years ago now. Um, But we've stayed in touch ever since. And Ksenia's work has moved more and more into the space of conscious social media. What is this tool? How do we use it? How do we integrate it into our lives in a way that feels sustainable and useful and is contributing something rather than it just being about mindless consumption of more and more stuff. So that's the conversation we're going to be getting into today. Welcome, Ksenia. Thank you so much for coming to talk to me about this. Ruby, thanks so much for such an awesome intro. I feel like I went back in time when you were introducing me. (laughs) Every time I forget that we are connected, we have been connected for so long, And I did feature you in your morning routine and breakfast smoothie because we both were contributors for the Lululemon blog. Mm -hmm. And so that's how we originally discovered each other. And I discovered the numinous and I was just obsessed because no one at that time, five, six years ago, was really talking about astrology and tarot and intuition. And you were, and you were doing it in such a chic way. And I know we talked more about this and about my love and obsession with the numinous on when you were on my podcast, Woke and Wired, but I just wanted to make sure that is brought up into the space again, because I'm just grateful for you creating the space to have these conversations. And I'm even more stoked to talk about this with you. Awesome. Well, thank you for that additional intro about me and my work. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Yeah. When I think back to those Lululemon days, it really does feel like just a whole other era. And actually that's quite telling in a way, isn't it? Of how over the past sort of six, seven year period, the landscape around wellness and how we communicate about wellness and the sort of conversations that we're having have really evolved over that time period, you know? And I sort of feel like it's interesting how back then it was lots of of kind of smoothies and yoga and a lot of the external things in a way, lots of the the physical sort of aspects of wellness were really what were trending and becoming mainstream. And of course, those things are all super important, but it's almost like it's a given that we're engaged in those sorts of practices or we've got familiar with all of those, the, the benefits of those kind of physical wellness practices. And actually, as we are, we are kind of evolving and getting deeper along this path, it's becoming more about emotional, spiritual, mental well-being as an equally important piece of the whole kind of holistic puzzle. And I think that social media kind of plays into that, right? Can you tell me then a little bit about when we think about conscious social media use, like how did that book start to become so important for you? And what do you actually mean by that term? First of all, totally agree with you on the observation of how wellness has moved from the superficial into much more depth. And it makes me happy that talking about crystals and intuitive business is becoming more acceptable and more people are becoming more open to it because of people like you who are having these conversations on a more mass scale. And for me, how did conscious social media come up? Well, let's see. I got into the social media world over 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. I had my first online friend when I was eight. His name was Mark and he was 11. So it was a big deal. And we would talk on ICQ. 
And then sorry, when I was sorry. what's ICQ, you're speaking to a Gen X person who's like All right. late to the game, not <laughs> so, a digital native over here. Right. ICQ was way before MySpace, before Facebook Messenger. It was the OG messenger where you could literally talk to anyone anywhere in the world. And that was my first dial-up. Dial-up was a very slow type of internet if you were not around then. And for me, it was just eye-opening. Wow, I can connect to anyone in the world and I can practice English. And then when I was 15, I started blogging. I learned about what blogs are and I had my first blog on LiveJournal. And I would talk about philosophy and fashion and I would talk about relationships. And that was my first glimpse into finding my community because in real life, I didn't really feel like I belong and I could have the kind of conversation that I wanted to have. And online, I started finding those corners of the internet where I felt a sense of belonging. And then social media just has always been such a big part of my life. When I was 20, I started accidentally my first social media business simply by shopping at off-price stores like TJ Maxx and Ross, and finding high designer, high fashion items at a fraction of what they actually cost and selling them to my friends in Russia and bringing them. At first, they would just pay for my tickets home and then it became a business. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for me, social media was always this window for connection, for financial freedom. And then when I was in my mid-20s, I was going through a really rough breakup and if you know the Breakfast Criminal story, you probably are somewhat familiar with it. And I found sort of consolation and grounding and the strength to keep going through losing a relationship, losing a job, losing a visa because I'm from Russia, so I don't have an American passport all at once. And for me, relying on my mindfulness practice, on yoga and meditation, as well as finding my community online on Instagram and sharing things that were keeping me going, which at the time were superfood acai bowls and things like that. That was, that's really, that played a huge role in my life. And that's what ended up turning into Breakfast Criminals, which is a Shorty Award nominated blog and social media presence and how a lot of the people in the wellness world know me. But behind the scenes, I always have spent, I felt like there's two parts of me. One is the masculine. I want to learn everything about marketing. I'm going to learn how to build websites, like super tacky, analytical kind of a person. And then on the other side, a more feminine, intuitive side of me that has always been interested in things like breath work and Qigong and yoga and meditation and self-awareness. And, you know, on the one hand, I would go on a pilgrimage to India and not bring any technology with me and be there for 10 days meditating for hours every day. And on the other hand, I write for the Social Media Week website and I give presentations and I empower people to share their message online using social media. So I didn't see anyone and I still don't see anyone having a conversation that merges the two. And in my experience, I have been the most successful. I've created the most impact and connection and I felt the most in flow when I don't separate the two, but bring them together. And I let my spiritual practice and my self-awareness practice and my consciousness practice fuel what I do with my strategic marketing and business efforts. And I think there's really, from my experience, there's something really powerful there that if we just let go of what we've been told about social media, 
then there's something really powerful here to explore on the intersection of two. And that's what I have been calling conscious social media. I love what you're describing here. And I think when you, what you just hinted at, you know, what we've been told about social media. When I think about that, I think more of the negatives, I suppose. It's kind of like it's been designed to be super addictive. It makes life all about the numbers. It's going to facilitate connections, but they're not real connections. So you're left feeling even more lonely. Like all of those kinds of stories, I guess they're the sorts of stories that, you know, the media actually really likes to keep us in a state of panic and fear and, and in a state of negativity, right? Because it keeps us powerless in a way. And so those are a lot of the kind of connotations that we have around social media, that it's this necessary evil that's somehow in our lives and for better or worse now, it's just there and we better learn to kind of deal with it. And I definitely have a kind of a love-hate relationship with social media in that I love so many of the things you described, which are, yes, it facilitates connection. (laughs) And some of those connections have been some of the most heartening, vibrant, deep have led to some of the most sort of, you know, nourishing relationships in my life, actually. It enables us to showcase and to spread our work and to spread our message in a way that we haven't as individuals ever really had before. I wouldn't be able to do what I do without social media. And I know that a lot of people listening and a lot of people who are running their own brands or have their own side hustle going feel exactly the same way about it. And yet I wonder now, I'm talking to you about this, how much of the, the hate piece, which is the oh, it feels like there's something I have to do. I'm kind of chained to this thing. If I'm not posting all the time, I'm going to become irrelevant and get left behind. I don't feel super comfortable on stories, so I'm missing out on that whole piece. Like all these negatives that kind of come in to counteract what I find positive about social media. I wonder how much of that is actually conditioning and whether if I just learn to focus purely on the positive I can actually have a love-love relationship with social media. Is that kind of part of what you're, what you're doing with your work? Is that where you want to try and guide people to? <laughs> well, see, if we just focused on the positive aspects of social media, it wouldn't really be reflective of real life. Mm. It would be cutting out a big piece. And instead, yes, looking at our relationship with social media is a huge piece of the work I do. It's not just here's the hashtags to use, here's the time you should post, here's what your bio should say. But it's very much about your relationship with social media. And to me, I see social media as an invitation to practice self-awareness. And whatever comes up for any of us on social media, whatever emotions and thoughts and, and limiting beliefs come up, it's a reflection of what's already inside. Just like any other relationship any other conscious relationship is an invitation to look at what is inside of you, limiting you from being the most magnetic and self-expressed version of yourself. Social media is the same thing. And if we just are a little bit more present and aware and and ready and open-minded to examine, you know, why is it every time I end up on this person's feed, this comes up? Why do I judge my body when I look at this Instagram post? You know, it's not there, it's not in the post, but it's something within you. Mm. And I see it as an invitation to look at what is triggered and why is it triggered and dig a little deeper, because then it's really an invitation to grow instead of just patch up what's not working and keep trying to escape things that are uncomfortable. I really, really love this. It's kind of like using social media as almost the ultimate kind of mirror, right? Because it does give us a window into 
through the different feeds that the different accounts that we follow through the different you know messages we're consuming it gives us a real window into every different aspect of humanity in a way doesn't it you know absolutely and therefore every different aspect of ourselves if we kind of are on board with the idea which is something that we can learn through a practice like astrology or the tarot that we all contain multitudes we all contain a little piece of everybody you know and every experience and some of it some of which we are less happy to hold some of us we're less happy to express some of it we want to disavow some of it lives in shadow you know and in a way yeah social media is a way to examine all those different parts right and saying social media is negative and saying social media is addictive it's kind of like alcohol Alcoholism is addictive mm-hmm. and it's easy to rely on it to numb things inside of yourself that are not working. And social media could play the same role. So it's up to us to be and to make that conscious decision to be more intentional with how we use it. Why are we using it? Why did you just pick up your phone? Are you trying to distract yourself and procrastinate and avoid an uncomfortable situation of being too close to someone on the subway because you're in New York and it's packed? Or do you really have an intention of authentically sharing value with other people? And listen, I'm not saying that you, it's easy to perfect that. I'm not saying I have perfected it. For me, it's a continuous inquiry and continuous work. And I think because it's still relevant for me is why the work is landing with so many people and why I end up creating my course because it's, it's something that's always on top of my mind. I'm someone whose livelihood depends on social media. I make money by posting pictures online, by making YouTube videos and posting blog posts. So, and I run multiple brands. So for me, it's a constant, constant search for that place between spending enough time tuning inside and staying connected and grounded in my wisdom. And at the same time, sharing that from, from a clear space of, abundance versus, oh my gosh, I haven't posted for three days. What are people going to think? I'm no longer relevant. You know, it's just facing all these thoughts that come up and then being with them. And if there's anything I've learned from doing my podcast, it's been almost a year, Ruby, you were one of the first guests. And mm-hmm. next week I'm going to be releasing episode 50. Mm-hmm. And I've interviewed so many incredible people in the space of healing and wellness and entrepreneurs. And if there's one thing I've learned from all of them is that there is no formula for success on social media. Yes, there's definitely strategies and things that I I share in the articles I write, I share in my podcast, I share in my conscious social media program. But ultimately, if you even if you take the most powerful strategies, the most effective strategies, but something on the inside is not aligning and you're not sharing from a place of truth and what's truly important for you, then it's just not going to have the impact you're looking to create. So it's really that intersection of what I like to call outer technology, which is social media in this case, and inner technology, which I call intuition, Hmm. and the state of alignment. When those two come together is when you truly start seeing just miracles happen. And I know it because I'm an immigrant, My whole family is back home. And the only reason I'm here, the reason why I'm on a cereal box, I'm probably the only Russian person that's on an American cereal box (laughs) is because of social media. So I owe everything to it. And I truly think that it is what we make it. And we are the ones who are responsible 
for the emotions that come up when we're on it. You said so many fantastic things. And I could just like, just that one long answer you just gave me is like a whole <laughs> whole kind of episode in and of itself. I'm going to go backwards <laughs> a little bit. Um, the first thing you likened um, social media to alcohol, right? The addictive nature of it. And this is something I mentioned in my book, Sober Curious. And and something that we've kind of discussed before as well. Like, yes, we, we can, well, we know that social media kind of triggers the same parts in our brain as many addictive substances, getting a lot of likes, getting good re- reactions to a post, getting a connection. These can spot, trigger dopamine releases. And I know, I know for myself because I feel it in my physical body, as in I feel the buzz, I feel the rush of that chemical reaction. I know that one of the reasons when you're saying, you know, look at why you're picking up your phone. Why are you going there? Are you going there to share something? Are you going there to contribute? A lot of the time I'm going for that buzz. I'm going for that rush. And I know that about myself now. And part of that means I'm, I'm now able to look at like, why do I feel like I need that validation? Why am I getting a dopamine hit? Because I'm getting X number of likes or comments or whatever it is on a post. Why do I feel like I need that? How else can I be looking for that in in my life? Or how else can I be validating myself? You know, why do I still feel like that? You need that external validation. So I think that's a really interesting point. As I've probably shared about on your podcast and have spoken about many times, I kind of think about, you know how people say they, when they're questioning their relationship to alcohol, a lot of people try and moderate their intake. They'll be like, I'm never going to drink during the week, or I'm only ever going to drink two glasses of wine. I remove the Instagram app from my phone every night and I take it off all weekend. And I kind of see that as my version of like moderating with social media. (laughs) It's like I couldn't imagine giving it up completely for many of the reasons that you've described and that we just touched on earlier. It's an integral part of having the brand that I do and doing my work in the world. And yet I know that for my kind of health and peace of mind, having some clear boundaries around it are actually really helpful for me. Is that something you see other people doing? I don't really hear people talking about that that much. And a lot of the time people are like, wow, that's a really cool idea. Is that something you recommend? Or am I? Because when I hear about people moderating with alcohol and kind of like you're just moderating an addictive behavior, the thing to do is to kind of like really examine the reasons you have these negative experiences with alcohol and work on that first and foremost. So am I just managing my addiction? Should I be working? Should I be looking at this a different way, do you think? (laughs) I love that you're bringing this up. And actually, the way that you set those boundaries by deleting your Instagram off your phone for the weekend, I always bring it up. I released a new episode today, number 49, where I shared some of the highlights from previous episodes. And that includes how different people like yourself set boundaries. And I truly think that yours is such a a great example. And I'm not saying it's going to work for everyone. I think that it really takes trying different things and just being really honest with yourself, what works and what doesn't work. The way that I set boundaries is by not bringing my phone into my bedroom. So I have a real alarm and I don't check my phone before bed and I don't check it until I'm done with my morning routine. So that's how I do it. And that really gives me that peace of mind to just connect with myself before I connect with the world and let it dictate how I feel and what's important. And for you, it's deleting it completely off your phone for a weekend. I also like setting boundaries by when I go on trips and I spend time in nature and I'm simply just so present with my friends and and doing activities that there's not really a time to keep refreshing and seeing how many likes you got on a post. And for me, that's really important to have those times when 
I'm just focused on being present and I'm on vacation and I'm in nature and that's how I recharge and take breaks. And it's going to look completely different for everyone. So I think it's just, again, getting honest with yourself and seeing, you know, does this serve me? Does this empower me? Just does opening my Instagram right now and, and checking how many likes I got on that photo or how many DMs I got or what people voted, is that going to empower me and support where I'm going? And I think part of the work, like the bigger umbrella is just being clear on, on your goals and what's important to you. One of the practices that has really transformed my productivity is bullet journaling. So every single morning I sit down and write, and write down the things I want to accomplish today and what's important. And then every Sunday I write down things for the week and the beginning of the month, I give myself an overview of the month. So this way I know what I'm doing. And then when I get off track by checking my Instagram too often, I just know that it's not serving me. It's really taking me off track. And another you know, quick thing here that can be really helpful is simply moving your Instagram app from the first page on your phone to the third page on your phone. Just that simple act by giving yourself those couple of extra seconds before you open it gives you that space to practice awareness and ask yourself, hold on, do I need a hug? Do I need a cup of matcha? Do I need to go outside? Am I trying to avoid an email I need to answer? Is there discomfort in my body and, or misalignment with my spirit? Or is there really something I need to address on Instagram right now? Amazing tips. Thanks so much for sharing. Because I think, yeah, this is something so many people grapple with. I actually have all of my iPhone apps on the second screen of my phone. And they're all in their own, they're all in this very, very neat, quite anally organized in their little <laughs> thing. <laughs> but maybe I'll start putting Instagram on its own page, like another page back. Although to be honest, I feel like with my, with my routine that I've set for it now, which is like, it doesn't go on my phone until like 10 in the morning, which is around when I'll do my first post. Then it goes off at about 7 p.m. I kind of, it's, it's almost like they're my office hours actually. And that kind of, it does, it does work well for me. Although in a way it then gives, it gives me this weird sort of permission to check it obsessively during that time. And I like this additional layer that you're bringing in for me now, which is like anytime I pick it up, practice that super mindful approach and ask myself, why am I going there? Do I really need to be going there? And I think that like anything, it's like meditation, right? It's, um, it's a, a muscle that you have to exercise and it can, you can only really master it with practice. It's not like overnight, you're suddenly going to be completely conscious of every post that you make and you're not going to be using it in an obsessive way. But over time, by practicing that kind of awareness, you'll come to use it much more consciously, I guess. Right. And I think there's a, there is a nice place where you can combine strategy and algorithms with practicing self-awareness and mindfulness. So for example, one of the, no one really knows how the Instagram algorithm works. <laughs> no one knows. I've spoken to people at Instagram. We've done an event with them. They don't give out their secrets. I don't even know if their employees know them. Zinnia's um, referring to, we actually went in and hosted a workshop on conscious social media use at a model agency in New York. And we had someone from Instagram there and I could tell this woman got quite annoyed with me. At the end of her talk, I kind of put my hand up. I was like, yeah, okay, this is all great, but what about the algorithm? And she was like, oh, I really don't know anything. There's nothing to say. And I just thought, hmm. Right. But and yeah, yeah maybe, maybe they like don't. The maybe they don't. We don't really know. But one of the myths that I think is close to being truth is that the best time for you to engage with other accounts is right after posting. 
a mm-hmm. new, new piece of content on your account. And that makes a lot of sense because then you're in, interacting with others and they are mo- more likely to go check what you just posted. And it's also said that the more engagement you get as soon as you post within the first hour, the more the chances are that it's going to be high up in the algorithm and more people are going to see it and interact with it. So things like that, I think there's a way to self-moderate. So for example, you posted something, set an alarm for 15 minutes. Okay, for 15 minutes, I'm going to respond to all the first comments that are coming through because it's really helpful to have a lot of comments in the, in the first you know, 30 minutes to one hour to boost yourself up in the algorithm. But then after those 15 minutes of interacting with people, responding to comments and going interacting with other people, like people's accounts, I'm going to put my phone down because otherwise you can stay on it for an hour and just end up wasting time. Mm. So it's just, again, being conscious and, and knowing your boundaries and knowing what's truly important and yet not ignoring the fact that social media is a two-way street. And I think it's extremely important, no matter what your Instagram presence is about, to have that two-way interaction where you actually do take the time to cultivate your community, respond to people, and not just see what comments are coming through and likes are coming through, but also go and show love to other accounts and people that you support. I love the idea of timing it because actually I, some, I can't remember who I was speaking to about this, but she was saying, you know, I just, even if my intentions feel really strong around it, I'll find myself, if I pick up my phone mindlessly, then I'll come back to, back into, literally using these words, back into the room and then like an hour has passed and I'm like, where did I go? And that to me is when it feels like drug use because it's like you're literally describing getting out of it you know, you're losing time. When do we Mm. lose time? When we're really drunk, (laughs) when really high on cocaine, it's like, where did that hour go? You know, it is that high of like, where did the time go? And sometimes we're looking for that because we're bored, we're frustrated. We don't know what to do with ourselves. We don't want to be in the situation we're in. So there's that kind of element. But Mm. the idea of actually putting a time on your usage and having that be another boundary, because the the alarm's right there on the phone. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. I love that. And you, you know, something else here that's coming up is, well, first of all, I, this is a crazy side note, but in moments where I'm really scared, there's been a couple of times where I would stay at Airbnbs in the middle of nowhere. And there's this one time in Hawaii where I was staying in this tiny shack and there were wild hogs walking underneath the shack and I was alone. There was no one around. I was scared. I thought I was just going to die and it was so scary. And opening my phone and going on Instagram is what soothes me and takes the fear away (laughs) because it like transports me into a whole other world. Yeah. Um, It's funny. Yeah. I had another thought, but it escaped me. So uh, let's move (laughs) on to your question. Well, my next question was going to be about influence. I guess, you know, you're an actual bona fide influencer, right? That you described, you make money and you make a living from posting about products and brands and you're on a cereal box and all of these things, but you do it in a way that feels so authentic. And I know that you you have so much integrity around the partnerships that you do and the way you present your content for those partnerships as well. And it reminds me of a, a, a quote that I shared as part of my 100 Days Sober Curious Reset that people are engaged in on an email course at the moment. And the quote is from Robin Sharma and it is, influence is about spreading the passion you have for your work. And I really would love to speak about about this idea of like, what, it, what does it actually mean to be an influencer? That's a word we hear so often now. 
to the point that I'm wondering if almost like the influencer bubble is bursting a little bit. Although then I speak to my media and PR friends and they're all like, traditional PR or media is dead. We own, brands only want to work with influencers now. So I don't actually think that that's, that's going anywhere. But how do you see your role as an influencer? What does influence mean to you? Going back to that quote of like, influence is about passionately sharing something you care about, you know? How can you apply that to brand partnerships also? It's such a funny word that I don't fully feel comfortable with. Mm-hmm. I would never walk into a room and introduce myself as an influencer. Mm-hmm. I'm still finding the right words to encapsulate my work because there's so many different things I do. And social media is just a tool. It's just a way to connect. But what's behind it, the messages behind it, I think is really what matters. And it's a funny thing, being an influencer, being a blogger, being a YouTuber, if it's such an invitation to just be honest with yourself. And, and like you said, I love that quote by Robin Sharma. When you truly share from a place of something you care about, something that added value to your life, and you feel the necessity to pass along because you know it's going to benefit at least one person from it, then that's your duty to share. And, you know, what breaks my heart the most is when I see healers and entrepreneurs and people who truly have incredible things to share and amazing stories, they're stopped because they don't know how to use social media. They don't know which hashtags to use. They don't think they're photogenic. They don't feel comfortable on stories, just like so many different stories that stop us from showing up. But ultimately, it's not about being an influencer and, and, and thankfully marketing is now recognizing that it's not just about influencers, but there's also micro influencers. You know, it's a whole marketing thing now. When you have between 2,000 to 50,000 followers, you could be making a full time living off of posting things online. So you can't get caught up. So, see, for me, social media and expressing myself and sharing things started with just sharing things I cared about, things that were blowing my mind, things about nutrition and wellness and spirituality and business. And somehow along the way, because I was sharing, authentically what was making a difference in my life, I would form relationships with brands. And then ultimately down the line, they started paying me. So that was my journey. It was super organic. It just happened. And, you know, now I don't encounter so many people in my work who just want to be influencers. It's mostly people that are attracted to my work are people who already have a message in the world and have something to share and they just want the right tools. And, you know, I don't think too much about what being an influencer means. I focus more on staying in my lane, staying connected to what's making a difference in my life, being a clear channel, and sharing things that are truly important Mm -hmm. and empowering others to do the same. Because Mm -hmm. as soon as we put labels on it, whether that's an influencer or we get caught up in numbers or whether our Instagram is growing or not or how much engagement we're getting, like that whole conversation is very not now age. You know, the now now age age conversation is, does this feel aligned? Does this empower me? Does this empower others? Does this align with my purpose in this world? Do I feel self-expressed and connected and present and loving? That's the conversation I prefer having. And within that, you know, one of the reasons we love picking up our phone and checking those likes and comments is that search for validation, for sure. Just like in real life, we love being seen and validated. And again, I prefer steering our attention away from that and into the conversation of 
what you're sharing online being so freaking aligned with who you are and where you're going and the impact you want to create in the world that it doesn't even matter how many likes it's going to get because for you, you just open your Instagram and you experience creative pleasure and you experience like the soul clicking in with words and with images and you just know that, wow, this is the most self-expressed, the most true, authentic version of myself. And just knowing that I have that courage to share myself this way and maybe move some people on the way by sharing my journey, that's all you could do. I love it. It's so inspiring. And then the other, then from the, you know, the other piece, the other wisdom that I hear of that really classic one, post once a day, make once a day your minimum. What if I only have something I feel really passionate about sharing once every two weeks? Then what do I do? <laughs> and this comes back, I think, to what you were saying about of all the people you work with. And we've done an, we did an amazing one-on-one session, which taught me so much. And I know so much of that kind of is in, is in the course that you've created, which we'll talk about in a little bit as well. But, and yeah, you were saying that, you know, of all the people you work with, there's no such, there's no such thing as a one-size-fits-all strategy. So even that piece of advice, that piece of quote unquote wisdom, one post a day, make that your minimum. Probably doesn't apply. Do you think like if I posted once every two weeks, but from that Mm. place of like real inspired creativity, I'd be as if not more successful on Instagram. Is that what you, is that what you're saying? Absolutely. One of the modules in the course actually is all about becoming a clear channel and sharing from that place. And when you are committed to sharing from that place, then you only share when you're called to share, when you only share when you truly think that there's something of value or something that will move someone or inspire someone that you want to put. There's no schedule. You know, for me, I have several Instagram accounts that are now have become businesses. There's Breakfast Criminals, there's Woken Wired, there's Crystal Criminals, and none of them have a posting schedule and editorial calendar. It's more tuning into what's in the space what are people asking for? What feels true to me? What's happening in my life? And just allowing it to happen. And usually when I sit in stillness, those messages arise and I know exactly what needs to be shared. And because I have multiple accounts, I have a vast playground where I can test things and see what works and what doesn't. And, and you know, to your point, Crystal Criminals is my newer account with my now fiance, who is an artist, And the whole account, if you guys want to look it up, it's all about crystal art and intuitive messages and using crystals to develop your intuition and just also the sheer pleasure of how gorgeous crystals are. And over there, because it's such a side project, we both have other businesses that we run full time. We only share when, you know, Eric makes a, a grid, a crystal grid. I photograph it. He channels the message. We share it. Sometimes we don't post for three weeks. There have been times we haven't posted for a month, yet that account has the fastest growth I've ever seen in my entire life out of all my accounts. It has the highest engagement out of all my accounts, and I don't know why. You know, I'm sometimes just, I'm perplexed. You know, it has 8,000-something followers, and the last three posts got like 1,000 likes. And I have no idea why it has such engagement. I mean, I have my speculations, of course. I think niche accounts do much better. And right now, if you want to enter the Instagram playground and really express yourself and get noticed, 
there's much more chances of being noticed and succeeding, whatever success means to you, if you have something niche to share, because those niche audiences are much easier to find and attract and grow through hashtags in other strategies. So I, I think that's one of the reasons. But another reason is just there's something in the field. There's something in the field that's resonating with people. The world is waking up to metaphysical healing and crystals are part of that. And it's just also about the right time and place. And I think that's a big part of it. And that's something you can't predict. And you can only find that success and see what lands and what doesn't when you try and you play with it and you, and you see it as this game. Because if I only told you how many accounts I've started, how many websites and blogs I've started that the world has never learned about, that never picked up and went anywhere, you know, you'd be shocked because... I think that's the behind the scenes that behind influencers and bloggers and successful entrepreneurs that you don't often see. There's so many mistakes and so many failures behind it, which ultimately I just see as a learning process. And it takes courage to keep going and trying new things, but that's the only way to learn and see what truly lands and what is truly being called into being. Mm. And what's that, what's going to be the right place, right time moment that's going to have that additional kind of like element of luck, I suppose, or serendipity that is actually what creates the magic that allows something to grow and flourish and to really help people. We're on a video call. We're not recording video, but I know you were watching me um, smiling a lot during what you were just (laughs) saying. And there was probably a point where my shoulders dropped and I sort of breathed out and like looked like I was physically relaxing. And I think just you saying you don't have a schedule for any of your accounts. The thing that trips me up the most in business, meaning the thing that makes my intuition shut down the fastest, which gets me into a space of frustration and lack the fastest, which gets me into a state of anxiety the fastest, is when I try and do anything on schedule. And yet that goes so counterintuitive to what we've been taught about running a successful business. You must have a plan. You must have a schedule. You must know what's happening, when it's happening. As soon as I start working that way, things just shut down, largely because my body just kind of freezes up. And I feel like I'm almost closing, closing the door on opportunities by creating a really structured, rigid schedule. So thank you so much for giving me permission to throw or to challenge myself to throw all of that out of the window. Because I think schedules, they can be, you know, it can be, it can, it can help also help us get on autopilot. The fact that I have my posting schedule, which is like, it goes on at this time, I post like this, and then I post something like this, and then I find something for my other account. It's almost like I'm enabling an autopilot thinking. It's getting me off the hook, actually, from being like really present all of the time, having that schedule. So it's a relief and a new challenge, actually. I'd be really curious there. to hear what happens if mm. you just try being a little more intuitive with how you post. Let's say do a test for a week mm. and just see how it feels. You know, numbers might not be different or they might be drastically different, mm. but see how it feels if it gives you a little more ease and spaciousness and puts you in a little bit more state of a flow and you see bigger opportunities come your way. That's usually how it works in my experience. Very cool. Uh, a challenge accepted. I'll keep you posted. <laughs> I do want to definitely dig into what's it happening with your course a little bit more. But before we go there, I also want to talk very quickly about your experience or any advice you have around the kind of area of like call out culture and trolling and sort of like handling difficult and negative comments. I know people have very different views about this, like whether to actually get engaged in things, if people are posting negative things on your feed, whether to just kind of like send love and 
delete and move on? Like, have you ever had experiences of getting into any kind of online spats? What can you add to that sort of conversation, I suppose? Thankfully, I have not spent a lot of energy dealing with this kind of stuff. Mm. The only times where I have come across people, souls, bless their hearts, that have appeared to be angry online and left anonymous comments either on my YouTube video or Instagram. Usually it was someone either commenting on, on how I eat. So it would be like vegans commenting on me posting a picture of an egg Mm -hmm. and saying really mean things about that or someone commenting on a YouTube video and and criticizing in a way that shows me that they didn't even take the time to listen to what I was saying and what the point of the video is. So for me, it's very clear when when I get constructive feedback, listen, this recipe doesn't work. It sucks. Mm. Mm. Or, oh, listen, this top that you wear with those pants, like someone once said this under a YouTube video, like, I don't know what she was thinking, like, what's up with her style? I would just look at it with a sense of humor and constructive criticism. I'm like, oh, actually, they're right. This top is super <laughs> not flattering in my body type. What was I thinking? And when it's someone just aggressively commenting on my way of eating, again, I have nothing to say. Just mm -hmm. bless their hearts. If they choose to spend their time this way, I have nothing to add to that conversation. But if it's something a little more constructive where there, there, there's value that can be developed for inquiry and having that conversation, then I think it's worth having and it's up to our judgment. I think usually there's very clear sense between someone truly wanting to have a conversation and someone who's open-minded versus someone really closed-minded who's just there to judge. And in those second cases, it's just not even worth our time, you know? And I know how it feels. It can really hurt. And I've had people, actually someone recently reached out to me and said, you know, they started, she's a mom and she started this Instagram account sharing about her motherhood journey and it really started picking up. And then she got a comment about her feet. <laughs> There's a, a lot of people who have a foot fetish on Instagram apparently. <laughs> and that just made her shut down her account. She doesn't ever post again. And so, you know, things like that just I think in this case, it's important to focus on the value you're bringing and how many more people you're actually bringing something positive into their lives versus this one weirdo that said something that brought you down. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, just like in real life, because online people feel safer to be mean and say things like that, it's not a reason for you to shut down your message. And I think it brings us back to what we're talking about. It's this, do you really need to be validated? If you're sharing something that's so true to your purpose, then you're unstoppable. There's absolutely nothing that can stop you. So it's just doing this internal check mm. with yourself, closing your eyes, taking a few deep breaths, you know, is there really some truth in what they're saying or should I just close this door, say goodbye, delete, ignore? I think you're right. There is when you're able to really feel into the energetics of what might seem like a negative comment. Often there is a distinction between someone who just wants to hate someone today and it's actually nothing to do with you and they're just projecting whatever pain they're feeling onto you because you happen to show up in their feed at that precise moment of time. And going there, you're just going to end up in a pointless, painful argument with somebody or the, the angry comment that is actually a, bright, so a cry for, for love or a cry for attention. And I've found that replying to those kinds of comments from a very calm and peaceful place and a 
thank you for this feedback. I hear you. I see you. Right. Often then the tone flips immediately into thank you. I normally love what you post. I just couldn't understand this one or whatever it was. And people, I think a lot of the time people are just wanting some attention. Like you touched on earlier, you know, we all want to be seen. We all want to be heard. We all want to be understood. And often behind those barbed, difficult comments, there can be that tender need in somebody. And then we have the responsibility or, or the opportunity to be able to let them feel seen and to invite them into, in, further into our communities in that way. Well put, exactly. So thank you for your comments on that. So your, your course, Conscious Social Media, is a place where you're really consolidating all of this wisdom into one big package where people can dive deeply in with you. What prompted you to create that now? Wow. I really feel at this point like it's my life's work because I've been, I've been doing public speaking and leading workshops, one of which we've co-led that have been created to empower people to share their message online and to use social media as this manifestation tool to really bring into life thing that, things that matter to you, things that are aligned with what you want to create in your lifetime. And the course really is just everything I have learned in the 15 years of being social media, starting multiple businesses online, working with brands I never knew I could be associated with. And it combines those strategies that have worked for me, like very specific things that have to do with SEO and Instagram and growing communities, as well as bring together, how do you connect your intuition? How do you tap into your internal resource and, and connect with that truth and then translate it into the world of digital media, social media, and specifically Instagram, because that's the most popular platform we all know and love so much, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so much that we have to move it to the third page of our phone, if not the last one. <laughs> so in the course, I use Instagram as, as the example, but really can be applied to anything. And it's more about the approach than anything else. And what's different about it is that the course itself, it's eight weeks, it's 10 modules, and it's a combination of very specific exercises that connect you to your purpose, your message, why is it important for you to have powerful online presence. And for me, it's, you know, over the years that I've been doing consulting work in this space, it's just so fascinating, even just that question of, we're also obsessed with getting following and growing our communities, but why? Why is it important for you? And what's your message? What's your legacy? Really connecting with that and being honest with yourself because, you know, people have this myth that once you have this amount of followers, your whole life is put together, but it, it doesn't work like that. It starts with you finding that inner alignment and getting very clear on your intention and what you want to create. And then once you start creating from that place, then everything is just amplified. Everything lends deeper and everything flows so much more easily. And it's just so magical for me to have seen those kind of transformations happen once you shift how you see social media. And so I'm going to be guiding a smaller group of people through doing all of this together. And I'm just so excited to see what's going to come out of it. And a lot of people who are attracted to this work are healers and conscious entrepreneurs. Mm. And I think it's so important for this community that's listening to your podcast to have those tools and to mm. know that your spiritual practice, your personal development practice, it's not that separate and it's not that far off from your marketing and branding. 
because again, marketing and branding, it's just, it's just labels. To me, I see it more as self-expression and presence and truth and connection. And once we bring it all back together, something just really clicks in and you see results that you didn't know were possible for your business, for your sense of flow and ease and connection, for maybe money flowing into your account. Mm -hmm. Because truly social media is part, such a huge part of all our lives. Just think about when you are looking for a job, you're being hired, or you're looking for a healer, you're looking to hire someone like that. What we do usually is just open Instagram. Literally, it's our Wikipedia. It's the new Google, it's the new Wikipedia, it's, it's the new blogs. Exactly. It's the base, the, the kind of the foundation of everything. <laughs> it's everything. And I think you're that's awesome. why we're so obsessed with it, because actually we know that's the, that is the truth and that's our reality now. Mm. So... Well, thank you so much for creating this. It sounds incredible. And actually, yeah, it sounds, you, it's called a social media course, but I think it's like a, a kind of social entrepreneurship, you know, social brand, like conscious brand building kind of crucible is in, in a way what you're describing because it does all kind of, it, it all comes back to that social media piece in the, in the end. It's not about social media. <laughs> you got that part right. Totally. It's about exactly. your energy alignment and it's about creativity it's about amplification it's about connection and again social media is just like the top top layer of mm -hmm. of the whole pyramid and then the rest is truly how you show up in the world and by doing this work not just your social media is going to be transformed but how you show up in the world and how you show up in your business and how you connect with people well i'm like i said i'm really happy you've created it it's funny like people always come to me asking for advice on their social media because i think i'm i'm someone who does talk openly about the fact that i, I don't feel like a natural affinity with it and i don't really ever know what to say. So now I can just send them your way because you, <laughs> you have the answers. So when does the course, when does the course start? The course launches on April 15th, 2019. Mm -hmm. So um, we're going to be running it live for eight weeks. We're going to have weekly calls and accountability so that I can truly be there to support your progress and let you celebrate and answer questions. And so if, if this speaks to you and you listen to it at the right time, then definitely jump in because I don't know if I'm going to be or when I'm going to be running it live again. Mm. This is when I'm truly going to have my hands on. You're going to have connection to me. So join us and Ruby, you're going to include a link, I'm sure, in the show notes. Mm -hmm. And then after those eight weeks, it probably will still be available if you're listening a year or two or 10, 15, I don't know, 100 years later. And something inside of you really got woke. <laughs> mm -hmm. Something inside of you was moved as you were listening to this and you feel connected to this work, then it probably is still somewhere on the internet and available, just not in the live form. Well, thank you again. And I've learned actually so much and been so inspired just by having this conversation with you. So I can only imagine what eight weeks worth is going to do for people. Thanks again for joining me today. It's been wonderful to reconnect as always. And I can't wait to see where this all goes next. Thank you so much, Ruby. Thanks for creating the, the safe spaces that you are creating with the Numinous and with your podcast. And like you said, guys, come to me. I'm obsessed with this stuff. I can talk about social media and energy and spirituality and all the things nonstop. So find me on my podcast, connect with me on Instagram, find me at Woken Wired and ask me questions and I'm available as much as I possibly can be. Thank you. I'll share all those links everywhere. Goodbye for now.
How smart and inspiring is Ksenia? I'm just so happy there's somebody out there who's having a really intelligent conversation about social media and conscious social media use, how we can use this as a tool to really enhance our lives rather than feeling like it's um, something we have to have this love-hate relationship with, as I have done for so long now. I did a one-to-one session with Ksenia and came away from it feeling so inspired to be able to use my platforms in a way that not only reflected me and who I am and fit in with my life and what I need to feel good, but that would also be a way for me to really focus on the fact that this is a great way to have a platform to bring my message into the world and to share about the things I really care about. A couple of things really stood out for me from our conversation. One, that there is no one-size-fits-all strategy. We hear so much about, like, you've got to do this and you must do that, and if you're not on stories, blah. (laughs) And you know what? I love how she's kind of saying, you are the only person who can define the strategy that's right for you. The other thing that I loved that she said was that this is about marrying our external technology with our inner technology. And that, to me, just really kind of sums up my whole vibe of what this now age conversation that I'm having with you all is about. Like it or not, for better or for worse, our lives are intimately and intricately interwoven with technology now. And rather than resisting this, it's on us to be really conscious and aware about how we're engaging with technology so that we can use it in a way that enhances our humanness and that we can work alongside with the technology that's coming into our lives in an unstoppable way. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a rating and a review on iTunes and share it with a friend who you think could benefit from the message. Find all the show notes and all the resources on WokeAndWired.com and say hello on Instagram. Find me at WokeAndWired. Stay woke, stay wired, and take three deep breaths right now.